Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. This morning, we're going to continue our series in James about genuine faith. I love James. He was the Lord's brother. He was the leader of the church in Jerusalem. He was a man of faith and prayer. And um, he wrote this letter for us preserved in the New Testament to illustrate what genuine faith in the Lord Jesus Christ looks like in real everyday life. And today's message is entitled, How to Respond to God's Word. How to Respond to God's Word. Chuck Lawless told a, a funny story once about his neighbor's young son named Charlie. Uh, one day, Charlie had gotten a gift. He had gotten a wiffle ball and a wiffle bat. And he knocked on the door of Chuck and talked to his wife and said, can Mr. Chuck come out and play? And so Chuck had some time and he went out and played with this little guy. And uh, Charlie was pumped. He got this new wiffle ball and bat. And he said, all right, here's what we're going to do, Mr. Chuck. He says, I'm going to stand back here and you throw the ball and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swing my bat and hit it. And so Chuck threw the first pitch, and Charlie missed it by foot. And then the second pitch, and Charlie still missed. And then the third pitch, and it was even worse. He completely missed. And um, at this point, Charlie is frustrated. He picks up the ball. He throws it back to Chuck, and he says, Mr. Chuck, you're doing it all wrong. And he says, well, what do you mean I'm doing it wrong, Charlie? He says, you're supposed to be throwing the ball where I'm swinging the bat. All right? Now, Chuck made a good point. He says, you know, a lot of us treat God the same way, don't we? Hey, God, I will follow you. I will trust you. I'll obey obey you as long as your plans are my plans. Lord, I will follow you. I'll trust you and obey you as long as what you want fits inside my box. Lord, I will trust and follow you as long as you're pitching the ball where I'm swinging the bat. Think about that. Today, we're going to talk about how to respond to God's Word when you're going through a trial. Now, we've already talked about trials the past two weeks. Ever since we've gotten in James, uh, it seems like he wants to talk about trials. And as your pastor, that that makes me go, oh boy, what are we all going through, right? Uh, Because when you talk about trials, that means that some of us, maybe most of us, who knows, are going through a trial or about to go through a trial, and we just don't know it yet. And so James talks about trials... And um, what you're going to find out today is as I finish out chapter 1, it has everything to do with the context of trials. Uh, I want to remind you of a couple of verses that stand out so far. In James 1 verse 2, uh, James said, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, uh, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. And then you go down to verse 12, And it's a blessing. He says, blessed is the one who endures trials because when he has stood the test, he'll receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. You know, it it made me realize this week that I think a word that God wants to give all of us from James so far is this. When you find yourself in a trial, you can have joy in the midst of it if you remember what you know. And that's what he says, you know this. You know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And when endurance has done its work, you're mature and complete, lacking nothing. So we need to know what 
God knows when it comes to trials. And I think the message that God wants us to know when it comes to trials is no matter what situation you are in right now, no matter what problem you are facing, please hear me, God wants you to know that He wants to use your circumstances to conform you more and more to the image of Jesus Christ. Did you catch that? I, I, let me, uh, I want to show something with you. This is not in my notes, by the way. Romans 8, 28 and 29. Um, sometimes I tease the media team. I'm going rogue. Here we are, Romans 8. But look at Romans 8. I want, I want to prove this to you. Romans 8, 28. Uh, I recently mentioned this verse uh, when talking about trials because it reminds us of what we know. But look at Romans 8, 28 and 29. Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. Now stop right there before we go to the next one. We know by faith, okay, because we're believers in Jesus Christ, we trust and follow Him, we know by faith that all things, okay, work together for the good of those who love God and they're called according to His purpose. And then the next verse, verse 29, look at what he says. For those He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Uh, a lot of people get... You know, I've been out of shape about that word predestined, but look at how it's used. First of all, God knows the beginning from the end. He knows who is going to trust and follow Him and who doesn't. He says those He foreknew, He predestined to what? To be conformed to the image of His Son. In other words, His plan was, if you're going to trust and follow Me, I want you to look just like My Son Jesus. Did you catch that? Predestined to what? To be conformed to the image of His Son. And so what that is saying is this. Put Romans 8.28 and 8.29 together for a minute, okay? We know that, that all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. Why? Because God wants to use your circumstances, okay, to conform you to the image of Jesus Christ. That's the perspective that God has on our trials that we miss. We find ourselves in a trial and we're like, oh man, I don't like this. Oh Lord, it hurts. Lord, where's the exit ramp? Where's the exit door? I just want to be in a better place. I want better weather. I want better scenery. And yet God says, I want to use this circumstance. I want to use this situation to make you more and more and more like Jesus. That's a good word, isn't it? And that's what God is saying to us. And so the question is this, and it leads into what we're going to look at in the rest of chapter 1 of the book of James. How do you and I respond to God's Word when we're going through a trial? I mean, if we know that God is going to use the trial and that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are according to, it, according to His purpose, and we know that God wants to use circumstances to shape us more and more into the character of Christ, then we can rejoice when we're going through a trial because that means God is up to something. He's going to do something in us, and we are blessed if we endure the trial because we'll receive the crown of life one day. And so now he says in, Roman, uh, in James chapter 1, verse 18, he says this, By His own choice, referring to the Lord, He gave us birth by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. Now here, 
He's talking about the new birth. He's talking about salvation. We know that we've been born again by the Word of God. I'm reminded of what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.15. He says, You know that from infancy you have known the sacred Scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. When you and I hear the Word of God, ultimately it has a testimony. It points to the Son of God and how He can save you, how He can change you, how He can do a good work in you and through you. And so we hear this word of truth, and it gives us birth, uh, new birth to be more exact. I like what one commentator said, God gave us new birth so that as He causes us to grow and mature, we might be the best part of His creation. Isn't that true? When you read the Genesis account, God speaks things and they come into existence and this is good and this is good and that's good. But think about us. When He recreates us at salvation, when He comes in and saves us and transforms us, he, He's taking what has been uh, marred by sin and He's changing us and He's shaping us. And, and think about the good work that God does in us when we're saved and how we'll glorify Him forever in eternity. What a beautiful picture that is. But here, James is reminding us of the, of the part that God's Word plays in this process. He says He's given us birth by the Word of truth. And uh, I want you to notice the importance of God's Word in our life. Because in verse 18, he says this, that we've been, uh, been given birth by this Word of truth. And then in verse 21... He says to rid yourselves of all moral filth and the evil that's so prevalent and humbly receive the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So not only are we born again by this word of God, but we're to receive this word which is able to save our soul. And then in verse 22, he says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. And so God has a word for you and He has a word for me when we're going through a trial. And the issue is, how are we going to respond to God's word? How are we going to respond to God's word? I would say to you that responding to God's word requires humility. Look, if you will, in James 1.19. James, the Lord's brother, says, My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Therefore, ridding yourselves of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, humbly receive the implanted word which is able to save your souls. All of these imperatives, all of these actions that are in these two or three verses I've just read, they all lead up to steps of humility, okay? In other words, when God wants to speak to us in the midst of a trial, He might be wanting to tell us something that we don't want to hear. And so He says, I want you to realize something, something you've got to understand. Be quick to listen, okay? Be quick to listen to what God is saying to you. Be slow to speak. Be slow to become angry because human anger doesn't accomplish God's righteousness. I was thinking of examples in the Bible of people whom God spoke to and they did not want to hear it. There's a sad story in the Old Testament in the days of Jeremiah where the Word of God had been neglected and they had 
um, Jeremiah had written a, a word out as a prophet that was to be delivered to the king. And uh, the king was not a good king. He was an evil king. And um, through a long process, this, this, uh, this message that Jeremiah wrote as a prophet reached the king. And he said, all right, read it to me. And, and it was in the winter, and he had a fire going in the fireplace. And as the messenger was reading uh, the scroll of what Jeremiah had, had written, every once in a while he would, he would cut it, and he would take it, and he'd throw it in the fire. And, and as this whole message uh, is being delivered by God's man, by God's prophet to this king, little by little he takes it, and he throws it into the fire. He didn't want to hear what God had said to him. And then, of course, you've got the example of Jonah in the Old Testament, right? A, a prophet himself who was called to go to Nineveh and preach the Word of God to the people. And then when they responded, he didn't like it. He thought God was being too easy on them, too light on them. And so he went outside the city and he stoomed uh, and, and he fumed because he didn't like you know, what was going on there. No matter what the case is, Scripture is full of examples where you and I need to exercise humility. We have to humble ourselves. We have to rid ourselves of all moral filth, of evil that is prevalent, and humbly receive the implanted Word which is able to save our souls. If you and I are going to respond to God's Word, we have to humble ourselves. You've heard the, the Scripture through the years, the Second Chronicles is it 7.14, 9.14? I'm a little rusty, Herman. But you know that verse, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive, and I will heal their land. We have to humble ourselves. And that's what's required when it comes to responding to God's Word. There's a second thing that, that's required when it comes to responding to God's Word. One is humility, and the second one is honesty. Look, if you will, in James 1, verse 22. He says, But be doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the Word, and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror, for he looks at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. Not only do we have to humble ourselves when we come to God's Word, we have to be honest. What do I mean by that? God's Word will speak to us, and you've heard me say this before based on 2 Timothy, that the Word of God you know, is given to instruct us, to rebuke us, to correct us, uh, to, 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 to correct us, and to train us in righteousness. We like the instruction part. We like the training part. That's positive, right? But nobody likes to be rebuked. Nobody likes to be corrected. And what I'm trying to tell you is that's the fourfold purpose of the Word of God. And so half the time... It, we like it. It tastes good. And then half the time, it's like medicine. It's good for us. It just don't taste good going down, right? And, and when you and I read our Bibles, or maybe we should ask ourselves, why don't we read the Bible more often? I would submit to you that one reason why we don't read the Bible more often is not because we don't like to read. It's not because we don't have enough time. It's not because we're not disciplined enough. Those are all excuses, by the way. It's because when God uh, speaks to us through the Word, what's the last response you had when God spoke to you through His Word? Did it tickle you? 
Did it make you, oh, thank you, God, I really needed to hear that. Did it, did it make you humble yourself? Did it make yourself, did it make you be honest with God and yourself? Because see, that's what He does. God's Word requires us to be humble and it requires us to be honest. He compares it to someone that looks in the mirror. Can you imagine waking up tomorrow morning, looking in the mirror, and you go, whew, I'm a hot mess. And instead of sitting there getting it right and trying to make it look better, you just go, oh, I'm in a hurry. And you rush on through your day. Okay? Or... Maybe I should say it like this. Have you ever had that friend that you were eating with or talking to and they get this strange look on their face and you're finally like, what? And they're like, you've got something right here. You know what I'm talking about? You've got something right here and you need to go check that out. You know, it's waving at me and I don't really want to, you know. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. But but here's what I'm trying to say. Aren't you glad Okay, aren't you glad that we have people in our life that are willing to be honest with us when they see that? Okay, and and, and you and I, when it comes to the Lord, he wants to be honest with us when it comes to his word. And he says it's like looking in front of a mirror and seeing something. And instead of making adjustments, instead of changing uh, what we see, we walk away, we forget what we saw and we go on with our day. And I want to tell you something. I think sometimes we have trained ourselves to read God's Word in such a way that we think it's a thought for the day. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to read this devotion. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I like that. Oh, that's good. Close it up. Got to get busy with the day. And we don't really treat God's Word like a mirror. We don't stand still long enough for God to show us what He sees in our life. And we don't take the time to respond to what God is saying to us. And we walk away and we forget what He said. We forget what we saw. And what James is saying is when you're in a trial, boy, when you're in a trial, you and I want to hear from God. We need to hear from God. And if we're going to hear from God and if we're going to respond to God's Word the way we should, we have to be humble and we have to be Honest. He gives us a, an, another example, uh, someone that looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer. He'll be blessed in what he does. You know, many times we just need to linger in the word. God, what are you saying to me? Lord, show me what you want me to see. Lord, uh, help me hear what you're trying to say and, and linger in the word and let God show you what he sees. Uh, Listen to what God is saying and make those adjustments. Sometimes it can be painful, but make those adjustments to what God is saying. And then he says, if you do that, if you're humble and if you're honest and you respond to me in that way, you're blessed in what you do. And I don't know about you, but as a child of God, I want the anointing of God on my life. Amen. I want to get in front of that mirror and Lord, show me what I want to, what, what you want me to see. And, and even if it's painful, even if it's hard to hear, make those adjustments so that you can walk away changed. So you can walk away looking more and more like Jesus. Well, here's the, here's the warning in this message today. It's in verse 22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. I have to end this message with a disclaimer. It comes with a warning from Scripture. We're doing it right now and it's kind of scary. You've come together in the name of the Lord. You're hearing the word of God preached and you can walk out of here going, I'm okay. Church was good today. 
And yet, there's a mirror right back there. You've seen it in the sanctuary. Oh, my goodness. I don't think I want to look at that either, right? And uh, there's a mirror back there to remind us that God's Word is like a mirror. And when God speaks through His Word, how are you going to respond? Because if you just check the box and say, all that was good, and you walk away unchanged, you run the risk of deceiving yourselves. Just because you know it doesn't mean you do it. And so you and I have to say, am I just a hearer of the Word of God or am I a doer? When God speaks, I listen. When God speaks, I say, yes, sir. And when He begins to reveal things, I respond with humility and I respond with honesty. Well, I want to give you a couple of things real quick before we wrap this up. And that is that Jesus warns against empty religion and against self-deception. Look at these last two verses in James 1. In verse 26, If anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless and he deceives himself. Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. There are three tests in these couple of verses that I quickly want to point out that can help you see whether or not you have genuine faith. The first one is the conversation test. How well do you control your tongue? I mean, if, if we are going to have a pure and undefiled religion, if our, if our religion is going to be, I'm, I, I follow Christ, and I want to become more and more like Him each day, and I want to stand before Him someday and hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, if I'm going to live my life in that way, I have to pass the conversation test. How well do you control your tongue? Because anybody can show up and listen to a sermon, but when you walk out of here, if it doesn't change your heart, if it doesn't change your mind, then you're going to go out there and you're going to wag the tongue, Right? And it may be helpful and it may not be helpful. But that's the first test you have to ask yourself is how well do you control your tongue? And the neat thing is in the book of James, he's got more to say about that in the, in the coming weeks. Then there's the compassion test. Do we love the least and the last? Now what I mean by the last? Those that are overlooked in society, like the widows and the orphans. They're usually the ones last in line to get the attention that they deserve and the, and the kindness that they deserve. And so James is saying if you have a, a, a pure religion, if you're living right, if your religion, um, um, even though he uses the word religion, I'm, I'm saying in the context of a relationship with Jesus Christ that is real and affects every part of your everyday life, uh, then we ought to have compassion where we, we love the least and the lost and the last and we're willing to show that love, not just with words, but to demonstrate it with kindness and so on. And then, of course, the third test is the conduct test. Are we walking in purity and integrity? He says to keep oneself unstained or unspotted from the word. The, the word there, unstained, refers to spilling something. You know, if you've ever spilt something, if you've had an accident and you've spilt a drink on a table and it, and it just got over everything, or maybe you were in the kitchen working and, and something, you know, popped out of the, 
the skillet or something and you spilt something on your clothes. It's soiled. It's, it's dirty. And uh, what are you going to do about it? Well, you and I, we ought to live our lives in, in holiness and in faithfulness to the Lord so that we um, are, um, are unstained from the world. And so the conduct test is, are we walking in purity? Are we walking in integrity? You see, when you and I humble ourselves and we're honest with God and we respond to His Word in obedience, then we will pass these tests. We will control our tongue and we'll make sure that we say what's edifying to others. We will have compassion for even the least and the last. And we'll walk in purity and integrity and not compromise ourselves in the eyes of the world. And so I want to wrap it up with this parable that Jesus told about two sons. In Matthew 21, he told a story. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go to work in the vineyard today. And he said, I don't want to. But later, the son changed his mind and he went. Then the man went to the other son and said the same thing. And the second son said, I will, sir. But he didn't go. Jesus says, which of these two sons did his father's will? And they said the first. And Jesus said, Truly I tell you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you didn't believe him. Tax collectors and prostitutes did believe him, but you, when you saw it, didn't even change your mind and believe him. You see, that's what happens when you and I get used to hearing the word of God week after week, week after week, regularly and consistently. And if we look in the mirror and we don't make changes, we walk out and we forget what we see. We forget what God told us. We forget what He said. And the next thing you know, there's people that we don't expect, that maybe we even look down our nose on, and they are in a place of desperation and they cry out to God and, they, and God saves them. And we go, man, who do they think they are? But the real question is, who do we think we are? Are we willing to humble ourselves? Are we willing to be honest when God speaks through His Word? I want to tell you, I want our church to be humble and honest when it comes to obeying God's Word. Because when we are humble and honest, we can go through anything. We can go through a trial together. We can deal with problems together. We can do anything if we humble ourselves and we're honest with God and each other. And we can become that body of believers that He makes us more and more, and more, and more, and more like Jesus Christ. And that's, that gives us that light that goes out into the community. And they go, man, look at what God is doing at Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. Today I want to encourage you, wherever you are in your walk with God, are you willing to trust and follow Jesus? Let's stand, musicians, if you would come. Ushers, if you would come, let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time in your word. And Lord, it's my prayer right now, Lord, that we will not just hear this word, but we'll truly listen to this word. To him who has ears to hear, Lord, let him hear. And Father, I pray that we will hear from you. Lord, that we will humble ourselves. Lord, that we'll be honest with you. And Lord, we'll make the adjustments that we need to make. Lord, that we'll be teachable. Lord, that we'll be rebukable. Lord, that we'll be correctable. Lord, that we'll be trainable. Lord, that we will be 
clay in the potter's hands, Lord, that we might be molded and made to be the people that you have called us to be. Lord, we humble ourselves now. We ask you to move in our midst. Lord, we want to be honest and say, Lord, we need you every moment of every day, even now. Have your will and your way in every heart in this service. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As the ushers come, we're going to collect our Next Steps cards. You're also uh, encouraged to give if you feel led to give. Uh, God blesses those who give. What about you today? How are you going to respond to God? This is your time. This is your opportunity to respond to Him. We've praised Him through song and worship. We've heard Him speak through the Word. And now, and now we can respond to Him. God doesn't want you to sit there and do nothing and walk out of here in just a few minutes and be just a hearer of the Word. He wants you to listen. Jesus had a saying in His earthly ministry, to him who has ears to hear, let him hear. What was He saying? He was talking to everybody that heard Him share the Word of God. And it was His code way of saying, don't just hear it, listen to it. Do what God is telling you to do. Respond to His Word. Humble yourself. Be honest. And do what God wants you to do. Don't leave here thinking, I'm fine, it'll be okay. That's the the route to a self-deceived life. I'm okay because I say I'm okay. And it leads to a worthless and dead religion if all you do is come to church and check the box. But if you say, oh Lord, I'm going to look in this mirror. I'm going to seek you. And I want to hear from you, even if it's something I don't want to hear. And Lord, I'm going to see what you want me to see. I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to make the adjustments I see in the mirror because I want to be blessed in what I do. If that's you, I pray this morning that you'll just cry out to God wherever you are. And if you've never given your life to Christ, that's what you can do first. And if you do know the Lord and you're just saying, Lord, I want to make sure I'm doing what you've called me to do. Whatever it is, we're going to open up these altars. This time of invitation is your time to respond to God. Lord, have your will and your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact the pastor, please visit phbcsummerset.com.